Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, December 23rd. Give up thinking, this is mine, all mine. Tell God with regard to everything in your life, this is thine, all thine. Nothing is my own except under franchise from thee. The less you think of anything as your own, the freer in yourself you will be. And the more you think of everything as his, the more joy will thrill your heart until you yourself become pure bliss. I was, uh, there was a, a little girl, you know, all parents who are, uh, uh, you know, all parents who have a spiritual inclination of their own, when they have children, they're always looking to see how spiritual their children are going to be, and they're, all, they're always sort of looking for every little sign that the child is going to become, you know, like a, a great lover of God, just like me, whatever it is that the parent is. But of course, it's natural to want that. And we're also really charmed when we see small children sort of act out um, uplifting, refined responses. So I was remembering this little girl. She was about two years old. She still drank out of a bottle. And she was sitting on her mother's lap, and there's a chant that goes, Lord, I am thine, I am thine, I am thine. And it just goes on, that's the verse, basically. Lord, I am thine, I am thine. So the little girl's sitting on her mother's lap, and you know, in the most adorable little voice, Lord, I am thine, I am thine, I am thine. And then all of a sudden, she sees her bottle, and without breaking a beat, Oh, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. And ever, I mean, ever so after, you know, Lord, this is mine, has become sort of the variation that we even as adults will sing when you have a, an apple pie that is particularly good or a big piece of chocolate that you don't want to share. You just sing, oh, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Swamiji trained us, and I do say trained us, to make fun of attitudes, to make good fun of attitudes that you might have seriously, but, but joke about them when you're not caught by them. So that later on, when this is mine, this is mine, is not a joke, you'll somewhere remember that it was a joke, and maybe you don't have to take it quite so seriously now. And it does, it has kept a lot of us out of a lot of trouble, <laughs> because a piece of you doesn't forget that there's something really inappropriate and comical about this attitude, even though I have, I'm diving into it with such tremendous effort. So I love what Swami says, that everything we have is not really ours. The phrase he uses, it's, on, it's a franchise from thee. <laughs> like, what a, what a picture. I'd never really seen that word before, and I'd never actually... I can't remember, except reading it here, ever, ever, ever hearing him use it. But it's such, a, it's such an interesting thing. We sort of signed a contract. We get to use it. I get to call myself Asha, because I, I mean, Asha is a, is a franchise that I'm acting out. Swami Kriyananda used to say about himself, 
I never identify with Kriyananda. He said, I never define myself as Kriyananda. He said, Kriyananda, however, is an event for which I am responsible. That's how he put it. And I've always really loved that because that makes it very clear. I'm a person who has often been responsible for organizing big events. So I know what it is to be responsible for an event. I mean, you you go to bed thinking about it. You wake up in the middle of the night and write down what you've just remembered. You get up really early so you can get your meditation out of the way so you can get to work. When the time comes, your mind is everywhere. So it's it's you are committed. It's not a question of just kind of sitting on the sidelines and letting the thing run. If you're responsible, you have to be committed. You have to be committed absolutely down to the last detail. But I never think that I am the event. I sort of operate through the event, but it's not me. If it gets canceled, even if it's a catastrophe, I won't die. You know, just I may have failed at something, but the I that I consider myself is not the thing itself. So it's, it, to me, it's always been a perfect image of, of defining, because too often when people try not to identify with or try to be detached from, that gives them an excuse for low energy. That gives them a, an excuse to let laziness, lack of determination, lack of perseverance, lack of creative will, it sort of gives you a justification for shoddy work, for low energy and shoddy work. But not identifying, in fact, the opposite, if you don't identify with it, you're much freer because you're, you don't have anything to protect. So if you, if you live through being whoever you are as a serious responsibility, it's your franchise after all. And if you have a franchise, generally speaking, your livelihood depends on it. So you have to do it and you have to do it well. You've also accepted it. It's your responsibility but it's not me, after all. I had a wonderful dream once. This was one of my, one of my. Congr- I congratulated myself when I woke up because my subconscious mind had been such a good friend to me. The dream was, well, the dream was that I was going to have my head cut off. And a friend of mine, this man that I know who happened to also be somewhat big and physically strong, he was the one who was going to cut my head off and he sort of, you know, came to tell me that, you know, he'd been assigned and he was going to have to cut my head off. And it was very congenial between us. He was actually a very good friend of mine. And in fact, in a sense, he was kind of a protector of mine. That was the, like the vibration between us. He, I always felt very safe in his company. So when he came to tell me that he was going to decapitate me, it wasn't a fearsome thing. It was just a fact. He had to do it. And then we were standing in this big place that looked sort of like a very large stage, like a big theater stage with no one on it. I've been in empty theaters like that. Stage is painted black, you know, the curtains are black, just very, a lot of space, barren space, but indoor space. And there was a kind of like, almost like a tree trunk sort of thing. Uh, I mean, a tree stump like this. And my friend had one of those cartoon battle axes, you know, with the, like that, there's a certain cartoon strip that is a medieval one where the, the blade has that sort of funny curve to it. And so my friend is standing here holding this medieval battle axe. I mean, we're modern, but the, the axe is medieval. And the deal is I'm going to have to put my head down on this chopping block, and he's going to raise his hands like the cartoon character, and he's just going to come down and cut my head off. All very congenial. And now is the time, so I have to put my head down like this, and he's lifting up his battle axe. 
And just at that moment, it crosses my mind, ooh, this could hurt. <laughs> and that's the first time it's like that, like some problem has come to me about this. And just in that moment, I remember what I've read Master say and has actually been carried out by people who have had death and return experiences. You know, they'll say, like, I was in the car and I saw the collision coming and then suddenly I was above. That instead of hanging out in the body and letting it be smashed, the soul just says, oh, I think I'm just going to leave for a little while. And that could be and often is death. But when it isn't your time, then after a time you come back. So I realized that with my head down on the chopping block and my friend raising it, that I was going to leave before the point of impact. Why would I not? So just as the axe is coming down, I began to shoot out of my body. All of a sudden, I'm just floating up in the air like this. I can look down and I can see my friend. I, I can't really see my decapitated body anymore, but I just sort of see it and I see this big empty stage like that. And this was my favorite part. I looked down and I said, bye-bye, Asha, just like that. Like, oh, that was fun, you know, end of the party, now it's over. And then I woke up and I said, good girl, good for you. Even in my sleep, my subconscious mind, that's what it handed to me. It's like, bye-bye. You know, it's been great, but now bye-bye. Now, that's how we have to live. It's not, as it's always, it's not that it's simple by any means. And, in, and often there's a lot of subtlety involved. Because, and I'm going to go back to that word, because commitment is required. And too often people use detachment or, or transferring my sense of self to exiting my sense of self. We use it as an excuse for fear of getting involved with people, fear of being hurt, you know, that, that um, we won't love anyone because we want to be detached. But often the word detached actually means because I'm afraid if I open myself I'm going to get hurt. Now, of course, we become detached because we have enough experience of the world to realize that it's unreliable. But if our detachment is based on our fear that is not freedom, that's suppression. That's not, that's not transcendence. We are still absolutely trapped. We have to be unafraid of what this world gives us because we know it's just a chapter in a much longer story. And learning to love perfectly is why we're here. Early on in my spiritual life, and my only excuse is that it was very early on, I, I was caught in this sort of confusing situation. There were two women in my life whom, both of whom were really good friends of mine because of our shared idealism and our shared lifestyle. One of whom, we, it was just an absolutely effortless harmony. She was and still is one of my dearest friends. It was just a wonderful asset to my life. The other woman, it was a very hard karma. And we just fought, literally fought, a lot of the time. And Swami Kriyananda sort of had to witness this. It was just a mess. And so I had this idea that you were supposed to be even-minded on the spiritual path. But, and so I said to Swami one day, the problem is not that I dislike this one so much. The problem is that I love this one too much. So if I loved her less, it would make it a little more equal and I could be more even-minded. 
Rarely has Swami said anything like this to me. This was like one of two or three times in 50 years that he did, 45 years. He said, Asha, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. (laughs) And I thought, oh, oh, it sounded good to me. This is where we get these spiritual ideas in our head and we don't know what we're talking about. He said, Asha, a relationship like my friendship with that woman, he said, that's given to you to show what you're capable of in terms of loving. He said, and and effortlessly joyful relationships are given to us. Ah, so we'll realize, oh, this this is how I'm supposed to love everyone. It's not that you're supposed to close that down. It's you're supposed to elevate all your relationships to that point. This one was effortless. This one took effort. But the, the, this one showed me what I must become over here and must become unafraid and, and detached enough from myself that what did it matter, you know, what she said, what she did, what happened to us in past lives. We're all children of God. Perfect love is our destiny. Is that easy? No. But is there any other choice? No. No other choice. Freedom in God, that's, we will not be content until we find it. So, Swami says, give up thinking, this is mine, all mine. Tell God with regard to everything in your life, this is thine, all thine. Nothing is my own except under franchise from thee. The less you think of anything as your own, the freer in yourself you will be. And the more you think of everything as his, the more joy will thrill your heart until you yourself become pure bliss. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.